Mikey Dredd in the studio with me today. <laughs> Live and direct. Gotta say, big up our crew. Thanks for listening to the program. Jason, make sure so some consciousness keep rolling on the airwaves, you know? Reggae is like my bread and butter, you know? I'm most likely the bread, not the butter, because it's like, you know, there are times when things rough and you have to survive, you know what I'm saying? We're trying to maintain a certain amount of standard in reggae music. Not just, not just music and, and, and record, but the broadcasting of the music, you know, because I try to get involved in, in media projects of, of different sorts in terms of educating and, you know what I mean, informing the people of certain things about reggae, the true, authentic roots. You started in radio in Jamaica, what, 76? Yeah. And what station was that on? It's called JBC, which is the Jamaica Broadcasting Corporation. And um, before that, I used to run a radio station in, in Port Antonio and, uh, at school called Radio Titchfield, you know what I mean? Yeah, my show is a fast-paced program, see? And everything happening instantly, so you don't have no time to rest, you know what I mean? You're handling three phones at the same time, two turntables, three cart machine, and two reel-to-reel behind you, you know what I mean? And you're listening to an outside broadcast at the same time coming in from Caymanas Park and listening to somebody that's called on the next line telling them must make sure you don't over modulate and <laughs> so it sounds like it can be a pretty crazy thing you got to love it and you got to be be strong you know well tell what? me about the passion the passion is it the same for performing as it is for being a dj yeah because it's like you know now you got to face the public that's that's the kind of feeling you get now you got to face them and, and be your real self you know you know in the studio you can create any little thing and get away with it people don't have to see you but with the modern age and video man you got to come for real. I mean, I know a lot of people selling, selling the hype in America about who is number one in reggae and who is the best and which record is the most popular. But you see, time alone going to fulfill the prophecy, see? So we don't really want to rush ahead of our time. We want to take time with time, you know? In performance, right, live performance, you're sure, you know, you're going to get your pay that same night. No guy not going to pay a month in our next two weeks. So, you know, it depends on... How you look at it. In terms of television, I would prefer television still. You know why? Because I've done enough in radio right now to establish me as a figure where, you know, just like Marco and I are them guys that would do something for radio broadcasting. I consider myself as a man who has done certain things for reggae broadcasting as well in terms of radio. And I cannot surpass myself because there's no point. What I got to do now is to get visual and get on television in America. Because I've done it in England, and I didn't have any problem explaining to Channel 4 or ITV what my concepts was going to be and what I wanted to do for a multicultural audience. But maybe in America, they might look at me and say, well, you know, you have to come through this and that and give me a lot of run around. But I know, say, right now, I want reggae music visually to the public so that parents can feel better to know whether or not they would like their children to go out and see this act or that act. They'll see a difference in the characters of the different individuals who do reggae music. And children at home who are underage who cannot get to come to a reggae concert, right? They can see what this artist look like, see what Bob Marley look like or Shabba Ranks look like or... Jimmy Cliff or Mikey Dread, you know? They have an idea where you look like, see? They hear your music and, you know, they can stay at home. Right now in America, I find that unless I play colleges, I'm excluding a, a big chunk of my audience out of my performances because the performances are done at places saying 21 and over. I mean, no, so right now there are record-buying public 
under 21 who would love to come and see the show and cannot. They are deprived of the opportunity. So that's why I see the visual aspect going to come in and take over because we're eliminating the masses of the, of the population, the youth population. I want to know if I approach one of these major channels, what they will be telling me, oh man, you know, I don't think reggae is doing that much. You know, it's not on, it's not playlisted on a top 40 radio. And, and I will say, well, you know, it's time we make a start. Our Rastaman Utrim, never do it. Wrong. You are listening to Rockers with Jason and Mikey Dread. Welcome to everyone listening to the radio right now. We're just trying to make sure we get you up to date on the music. And big up all crew listening to the radio station right now, all Jamaican crew. Your bay, check it. <laughs> where does the inspiration come from? What, what actually, where does, where does it come from? The middle of your head, the middle of your chest? <laughs> Boy, I don't really want to say unless, because people might know where I hide it. Oh. But, <laughs> but it, comes from, it comes from within, you know, within the soul. Because I'm not in reggae music just to capitalize on the, the financial rewards. I want my works to live on for centuries and millenniums after me so that people can know that Michael Campbell was instrumental in the international global development and transmitting of reggae music all around the world. Okay, in Jamaica, before my time on the radio, right, um, there's only a certain kind of reggae music you would hear. You would, you would not hear reggae music that you'd hear at a club or a party or something like that, or a dance hall. And not because of the lyrical content, but because the people who were broadcasters tried to, in my idea, alienate themselves from the same society which, from which they had emerged. You know what I'm saying? So some of them study in New York or some of them study broadcasting in England and they would come back with a false kind of intonation to them voice and sound too foreign or too far-fetched for the Jamaican audience. So people would more like even be more interested in, in radio drama, certain serials like, like Dulcimina. They, you know, them hear the straight part one and them can relate to certain things being said more than if a guy tried to be phony and trying to be different from who he really is, you know? So all I did was just play the music of the people. Like, I would play songs that you'd hear at clubs and parties and dance, which you don't hear on radio, so that you radio get up and move. Them don't want to admit it, but while I'm alive, the prophecy is alive still. And, you know, what we did was nothing too great, but I just tried to open the gate for all recording artists and performing artists, up and coming and those who were, who were around, to have a medium in which their music can be played to the masses. I man used to have a sound system before I even got to JBC, and I used to play music, and I used to have to like DJ upon the sound or sing upon the sound along with other artists, you know what I'm saying? But some of us take it as a little fun thing in the youthful days. And some of us, like myself, took it really serious and said, well, I have to make my name in this some way, somehow, even if I don't get no money. But I have to really come up with something uniquely different and original. And I did that with the help of Jar Rastafari. You know what I'm saying? And nobody never helped me. Even right now, you know, we do our own production and try to keep the name Mikey Jed alive internationally and travel and go and 
represent ourselves in Europe and all over the world. You did a song on Izzy Stradlin's from Guns N' Roses album, which is a little far off to the uh, left of this. Yeah, yeah but as I say, now, we're trying to take this music all over the world, you know what I'm saying? I was doing this concert um, in Chicago earlier this year, and they were at the concert, and I never really know still, you know? And after the show, I met somebody and gave me a card and said, boy, these guys from Guns N' Roses, you know, they're not playing anymore, and they want to come to the studio tomorrow. And I think it was a joke, you know, because I said, I said, nah, come listen, Mikey Jed. And I tell the guy, I say, you know, I'm not going to call him. And anyway, the guy come back to my hotel the next day and say, yo, have you called those people? And I said, no, man. And he said, okay, let me the phone. And he get the phone and call him. And sure, right, it was Izzy and Jimmy, you know. And them say, yo, come to the studio. We want to talk to you about something, you know. And I, when I wake up and come outside the hotel, the studio was directly on the other side of the street. <laughs> and I said, wow, it's convenient. So I just walk across and go up, upstairs and meet them and them play me two tracks, you know. One was a Toots and a Metal song called Pressure Drop and another one which he wrote called Can't Hear Him No More. And me just make up some lyrics for the Can't Hear Him No More and put some backing vocals and Pressure Drop and also help them to get the right guitar and piano sound and pressure drop so it sound more re reggae, you know what I mean? Even though they have a kind of two-tone kind of style, you know yeah. what I mean? You know what I mean by a two-tone kind of... Uh, yeah, I, I do. I've stuff, heard it. Yeah. I've heard it. And it's it's interesting, that the mending of those two cultures. Are you planning on doing anything else like that in the well, near Well, it depends on, depends on the artist, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm always available to work with people. I don't, I'm not prejudiced. I don't have any racist attitude about me. I man want to really integrate certain cultures. So Maybe break down, break down the walls? I tell them, man, the exact words, man. Just going to say special thanks to Jason and to each and everyone rocking with the radio right now. We're going to go London side and bring this one for you. This one's a brand new number. This one from a brother called Mr. Anthony Rich. For all girls who have the hangover, this is The Morning After. Giving you a touch of the lover's rock. Watch it, girls, how you drink it. Giving you a touch of the London style. Dennis Brown, have you ever been in love? Produced by Sly and Robbie. Now we change the pace and accommodate music like this one. A song you never heard in a long time. Yeah, we want to big up, big up all people from London in the audience right now. This is a rare groove. You Londoners know what a rare groove is. This is a rare groove. If another station plays this record, I'm going to crack mine and throw it in the bin. It's exclusive. It has come to my attention. Wicked. Oh, when it's warm, when it's cold, when it's raining, and when you're warm inside. Baby love, let me get closer. It has come. Oh, attention. This is a rare groove just to make you move. Versatility is what we can prove. No other station can disprove. For the London crew, Cleo Martin, it has come to my attention. And right now, special request to every man for whatever reason you are there. Just hold tight. Seen? All people at Bridgewater minimum. 
you know that we're trying to run your sentence and make it shorter, and right? And there's Deer Island, too, a lot of listeners out there. Yeah, but the Bridgewater Massive phone in and say, make sure you big us up, because when we come out, we come get you. So, yo, man. <laughs> Rocky, this one special request from Jimmy O'Brien and Papa O'Brien and Billy Nee and Toad Daddy and the crew over there in South Boston. We know you're coming out soon. Let's spend the dollars, man. Come out, Rocky. Bridgewater Premium and all other prisoners. Next, next time, make sure you know I'm not the judge so you can get the request. Yeah, we got a special guest from Jamaica, Jason, and this man is a dignitary. And even though a lot of people don't know who he is, I'm happy to announce that this man is uh, one of the original man. Them who tell us, tell us who he is. Shed. Exactly. No, I said this man's family has shed their blood so that man like myself can come out of Jamaica and be proud to be a Jamaican. This is a descendant of Paul Bogle. Michael Bogle, step up to the mic and greet the people then. Yes, respect in the name of His Majesty. Ja, that's right. 1865, when the British forces were there trying to like um, take over the country, like all them want to take over reggae music, you know? Paul Bogle, George William Garden, and the Massive just said, right now, blood have to run. And them just make certain blood run and, and, and level the vibes so that man like I and I can come under black rule right now because Jamaica is under black rule right now for the first time in history. And we're proud of that still, you know what I mean? So we have a big you up here, Mikey. The man, the man, Michael needs to big up yourself. Also, Beverly, wherever you are, hold tight, sister Bev. We love you here and take us out of here. Okay, Jody and Judash and Mom, Pat, greetings and big up yourself. Cool, like a molecule.